<clears throat> Hang on, sorry, I'm just looking for some sinister confession music to set the scene. Uh, ah. Yeah, okay, I think this is the one. I think this is the vibe we're looking for. First of all, I admit that he was a good painter. He was. Kevin Cassidy really had been gifted by the gods, given divine and extraordinary powers with watercolours, with a brush, sure, whatever. And yes, I admit that when you really get down to it, I did technically, with malice of forethought, drive the business end of an easel through his supernaturally gifted heart. Fair cop, you got me, I killed him. There's a lot more to it than that, I promise. Just bear with me. I met Kevin Cassidy in a six-week beginner's watercolour course put on by a local community college. A local community college, not my local community college. It's about two hours from my house, even with tolls, but that's pretty standard. I've been chasing beginner's watercolour courses around the greater Sydney region for the last decade, up the coast, down the coast, as far inland as the Dubbo Tafe, using false names and disguises where necessary, because unlike the late, great Kevin Cassidy, I wasn't born special. No gifts from no gods for me. I have thrust greatness upon myself through tens of thousands of hours of serious practice and beginner's classes are supposed to be my reward. Six full weeks of the love that I deserve. And this isn't an easy con to pull off, you know. Let me run you through it. In the first lesson of any beginner's watercolour class, I pretend to be a grade A butterfingers. A klutz. I fumble brushes and repeatedly ask what two colours go together to make green. I'd pronounce it Vincent van Gogh loudly. And more than once, then I knock my easel over, ideally triggering a dominoing of nearby easels, and I cry out. I scream something like, ah, not again, or why can't I just be normal? By now the whole room is looking at me, and I imagine myself encased in a beam of golden light. I exhale meaningfully, just like I practiced on the drive-in. All this time, my hands have been set in an arthritic claw, and now I hold them up to God, lip quivering, a single tear rolling down my cheek that I go to wipe away but miss, jabbing myself in the eye. I breathe a couple of heavy, troubled breaths, clench and unclench my jaw, apologize to the class. The class nods, understands. Then I start painting, slowly at first, Real hesitant, as if I'm being put in serious mental and physical pain by the sheer effort of not dropping my brush. Gradually, I appear to fall into a kind of gentle trance, slowing my breath, humming meditatively, just loud enough for a few classmates to start to notice. And when they talk to me, I pretend not to hear them. I pretend to be too absorbed by my canvas. Once enough people have noticed and are starting to look, I explode into an artistic frenzy. I go nuts. I paint fast and fantastic. I give life with my watercolour paint. Sunsets that make people cry. Oceans with real tidal activity. 
grassy knolls, so spot on and inviting that a few of the more senior retirees will try to lay a picnic blanket down on the canvas. These classes are almost always full of retirees. I was working my way through this whole shtick the first time I met Kevin Cassidy. He was set up right at the back of the classroom, younger than most. He'd smirked at me as I clutched it up, a wicked smirk, a smirk of a man that thinks everyone else is three steps behind and wants them to know it. Our eyes met. We were connected straight away. Our souls conversed without words. Kindred spirits, I guess. I know you know what I'm doing, I seem to say, with my eyes. And I know that you know that, he seemed to say back, deepening his smirk. And though it shall drain me of my powers, he said, I will steal your thunder. Yeah, the whole soul bond situation was pretty weird. Sensing the threat that Kevin Cassidy posed, I dialed back some of my theatrics. I totally scrapped the gentle trance crap, just got cracking on my work. My week one go-to was a Sydney Harbour sunrise. I've drilled it so many times, encoded it so deeply into my muscle memory that I could practically paint it with my eyes closed. But no, I went eyes open for this one. And it was going to be spectacular. My opera house was tight and creamy, dappled with exquisite dawn details, and a bold green ferry commanded the lolling harbour like a chariot through flames. Yes, a masterpiece. Applause broke out behind me. It was inevitable, of course, but a little early. I hadn't finished yet. I was obviously only just now getting started on the bridge. And when I turned around to address the adoring masses benevolently, to ask them in faux shyness if they could maybe just come back and adore me a little later, I saw only the backs of their retired heads. Kevin Cassidy was shaking hands, fending off swooning retirees, humbly denying accusations of gifts from above. No, 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 he chuckled. You're too kind, too kind. I'm not even sure how I did it. I've never even done any painting before. Bastard. That's what I usually said. I snapped my brush in half, punched an actual hole through a nearby canvas which had been abandoned by a swooner. I kicked my stool across the room. No one even looked in my direction, so absorbed were they by Cassidy's painting. Whatever, I thought. It can't be that good. I pushed my way to the front of the weak at the knees and likely weak at the hips retirees. I rested furious eyes on his artwork. My God. I suppose I could describe it in the simplest possible terms as a painting of a boat at sea. But that wouldn't do it justice. Actual boats in actual seas wouldn't do Kevin Cassidy's painting justice. The vessel was burning red, with a mast so detailed you could see gnarls in the wood, and it was shrouded in phantom, fantastical colour. 
the boat was alone in an infinite sea, and it made me feel small. Time did not pass when you looked at it, such was its depth. He turned a flat canvas into at least three, probably four, maybe even five dimensions, using only watercolour paint. I briefly forgot about my own existence. My soul became a burning red boat. For a moment, it was I who was shrouded in the ephemeral light, and it was I who was adrift in unfathomable ocean. For a moment, I was truly at sea. Alive. Afraid. Beautiful. My God. What game are you playing, Kevin Cassidy? I whispered harshly in his ear after class. The retirees had finally, still gushing and fawning, shuffled out. Our instructor had run off to find a good camera. All he gave me in reply was that smirk. His eyes were shimmering gems. His beads of sweat refracted light and became little balls of rainbows. This was only the beginning. The beginning of our waltz. In the second week, I painted an exquisite full moon. The sea of tranquility shimmering black gold in the light of the sun. In response, though it seemed to make his nose bleed, Cassidy painted an exploding star so immense it made anyone who looked at it keel over and weep. Next, I painted a jellyfish. He was gaunt and drenched in rainbow sweat as he painted an almighty kraken that actually physically moved around the canvas. I painted a campfire, and his hair fell out with tiny sparks as he painted an inferno that literally set off the smoke alarms. I painted dogs playing poker, he did nothing, and I looked like an idiot. That's how it went. At every turn, at every new and stunning piste de resistance I churned out, crafted, sculpted, bled for, at every advance I personally made for art, for all of humankind, was Kevin Cassidy. Him and his smirk. And though I saw how it drained him, I just couldn't win, could never beat him. He drew his power from a realm untouchable to me. Kevin Cassidy was imbued with magic, it seemed. And all I had was my tenacity, my twisted obsession, my vanity. Rock beats scissors, hard work beats talent, but an ordinary brush can't beat a wand. Nothing beats a wand. Except for maybe an easel fired at close range. But we'll get to that. I got to our sixth and final skirmish three hours early and Kevin Cassidy was already in there painting. There was something different about him. He looked sicklier than usual. Thick rainbow sparks were tumbling out of his hair. His gemstone eyes were flickering on and off. His skin was grey. He looked vacuumed out. Just putting the final touches on my latest little doodle, he sneered. Oh, fuck off, Cassidy, I said back. You're going down this week, mate. You're mine. You know, he said, looking both smug and 
somehow sad. You might be right. Tenderly, but with a real mania in his gemstone eyes, Kevin Cassidy reached into his bag and withdrew a painting. Something he'd prepared earlier. It was a painting of me. A portrait. My face was shattered. Cracked like an eggshell. The pieces were hanging. Just out of reach of each other. Suspended in time and space. My eyes were cruel, vindictive, insecure. I was both cackling and crying across the cracks. Hideous. I was a monster. Ugly. Ugly. And alone. Binding the shattered pieces together were oozing currents of blood red and black black. I said black twice on purpose. I don't even know how it's possible to achieve in watercolour, which is fundamentally, inescapably watered down, a black as black as Kevin Cassidy painted inside of me. It was like scolding tar at midnight at the bottom of a deep, dark cave. And it was true. It was me, exactly. Nail on the head. It was so terrifyingly, undeniably who I am. The perfect portrait. My sickness, my brokenness. I saw how truly twisted my pursuit of being special really was. Really is. It was written in the brushstrokes. I don't deserve the love that I think that I deserve. I am a husk. Sad and lonely. A cracked shell of what a person should be. Ugly. Ugly. And alone. Shattered like glass. Black like scalding tar. I started screaming like I was being torn apart. I lifted a nearby easel. Not on purpose, really. It lifted itself. And I drove it into the heart of Kevin Cassidy. Did that by itself, too. He didn't yell out or resist. He smirked. A very, very deep smirk. I win, he sneered, then died. Now, pretty spooky final words. I knew that even through the shock. I looked around desperately, really only barely conscious of what I'd just done. And I ripped that room apart. It exploded with ferocity and water and colours. Some paints engulfed Cassidy on the floor. Tins of navy and purple and red oozed towards and around him. They fused with his blood. And the colour they created was black, black. It was like scalding tar at the bottom of a deep, dark cave, swimming around the slain genius. And then I saw his painting. The one he'd been working on. It was still wet. Again, it was of me. I was in a room that was exploding with ferocity and water and colours. On the floor behind me was Kevin Cassidy. Smirkless, sad, vacuumed out, burdened and murdered by his own gift, with an easel 
sticking out his chest. He was engulfed in dark paints and the blackest black you'll ever see. (sighs) I mean, Kevin Cassidy had truly transcended the medium. He'd painted his own surreal demise. What a pro. What a talent. And so what else was there to do? I ran, burned my brushes, changed my name. I now write and edit and submit this story in beginner's fiction podcast classes in community colleges across the greater Adelaide region, up and down the Prince's Highway, as far inland as the Coobapedi Tafe. Everywhere I go, I seek love I do not deserve. I seek redemption for turning his blood black, black. But more than anything, I seek the rainbow sparks that killed the man I killed. I seek his transcendent, divine specialness. I seek his cursed gifts. And I bury it all beneath ghoulish sound effects and a catchatorian waltz and I pretend it isn't real. But I murdered Kevin Cassidy. And this story is true. Cause baby now we got bad blood You know we used to be mad love So take a look what you've done Cause baby now we got bad blood And now we got No, it's not true I swear I'm actually a uh, humongous pacifist And or coward I'd conscientiously object from Like, I don't know a, A fiery game of chess Well, that was episode two of These Stories Are Not Real, a real escalation in terms of gruesome deaths from last week. But if you like this episode, remember to subscribe, to share it with someone who might also like it. You can follow the show on Instagram, visit the website, or drop me an email. All those links are in the show notes. Congratulations to Jackson for being the first person to email into the show. Well done, Jacko. Uh, I guess... I should reward that kind of behavior. Maybe I'll, you know what? Just spitballing here. Any person who sends in an email will go in to a raffle to win a prize. I don't know what the prize is yet. It will be free. I'll workshop and get back to you. A much more wholesome episode about a flying girl is coming out next week. Until then, I'll leave you with this reminder to get all of your narration done before November's hottest freaking day of all time. Thanks for listening. I murdered Kevin Cassidy. And this story is true. Now I'm going to go and murder a clippo. Maybe like a bucket of ice water and just raw sodium because I've sweated out all my body's nutrients. And like a cool wet towel and maybe some aloe vera. <laughs>